Welcome to the Property Business Accelerator podcast with your host, Mike Frisbee. Mike is a well-respected property investor and has built up a high-yielding residential property portfolio across the Southeast since 2006. Mike is well known for his HMO expertise and for specializing in delivering high-end, premium and affordable HMO living spaces. Complex property knowledge made simple, direct from the property front line with Mike Frisbee. Welcome to today's episode of the Property Business Accelerator podcast. I'm delighted today to have um, today's guest on, Tom Edgar. Um, I first met Tom about, I think, about four or five years ago at one of my commercial HMO cheese and wine finance events. Um, he came along to sample the great cheese and wine that we've become known for. But I think really he was after the uh, information um, because he wanted to accelerate his property investment business and particularly in the HMO space. So I'm going to hand over to Tom to introduce himself. So Tom, say hi to everybody. <laughs> hi. Um, that was a good introduction. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I got involved in property in a more serious capacity probably six or seven years ago now, um, and it's been a it's been a journey with lots of twists and lots and turns along the way. But I would say it really got quite settled down and quite serious and focused. Um, really, when I met Mike, um, I'd done done quite a lot of education and I kind of was suffering from a bit of analysis by paralysis. You know, I found out about so many different types of investing strategies and I was kind of trying to do them all at once. Um, And bit by bit, I kind of honed in on HMOs and and was more and more realizing that that was the direction which I wanted to take our company. Um, But also realizing that there there was a definite gap in my knowledge so bit by bit, bit, bit by bit, as I worked more and more with Mike, um, we kind of chipped away at it and uh, just started to focus more and more on, on one particular strategy. And that's kind of been where we are for the last three years is, is very much just focused purely on the HMO strategy um, and just trying to take away any other distractions. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've, we've discussed along the way, isn't it? Focus is key knowledge and, and getting under that skin of, of understanding that in depth and um it's been brilliant watching your journey over the last few years as you moved as you as we were just talking about uh, just before we came on air you said well i thought i knew everything <laughs> what, what are these you know going on these things what, what else am i going to know um but it does you know you, you do you can once you get under the skin you realize what you don't know, you know, or you don't know what you don't know. So you you start, but when you start investigating, you realize there's a lot more more to it. Um, but so you've been now investing, you know, you've established a, a property business because you do you do have, you know, you've got a portfolio and you've certainly really accelerated in the HMO space. You've also got a bit of a rent to rent portfolio as well. So you're quite, um, I would say, you know, a good level of investor and you've got a business and you've got people who work in your business as well. And you've got a bit of a partnership with your mom, haven't you? So um, but you're the driving force behind this this business. What what's been your best deal to date and what are the key learnings you've taken out of that? Um, My best deal to date was um, the what we call the pub. 
It's in a place in Kent called Chatham. And, you know, rough numbers, we, we bought it for 240,000, renovated it for roughly the same price. So about another 240,000. And I think we got it valued for about 630. So we basically got all of our money out. And I think it cash flows about 40, 50 grand a year net. So it's roughly something like that. So yeah, I'd say that was that was probably our best deal. It was, and you know what? It was it was relatively early on uh, in a HMO journey. I think that was the second HMO or maybe the third that we did. Um, <laughs> and while we've improved the product from there in terms of deal stacking, in terms of you know getting your money out, that that's still probably the best to date. I'd say. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good deal, wasn't it? And and you you invited you we, you did a big opening and you invited me along, so I came along and, and saw saw the property as well. Great property, and yeah. a, bit, a bit deceptive from the front. Um, you know, on the road, you wouldn't know quite know what's behind that door, and you've done a fantastic job in renovating it. Mm. But I think one of the things for me is how you've developed over time, thinking about the product, thinking about the minutiae, the detail, and really getting into all of that aspect and the management of it and all of these things that, that I've seen you change. Yeah, well, well, one of the things I, I felt over the years is, is as you get more and more stuck into something, whatever it is, the more and more you realise there is to learn. Um, and I've felt that every step along the way, just as I felt, oh, we're, we're, we're nearly there now. Then it's like you get stuck in again. And then it's like this whole other thing you know then there's this next level to take it to and this whole other load of work um and actually that's probably one of my biggest learnings along the way is you're never there you you're just you know a day is just a day there'll be crap stuff which happens and there'll be good stuff which happens and it's just all part of it and you know bit by bit you can you improve what you do more and more so eventually you could get to a point you know, where you could take, say, two, three, four months off and come back and still have a fairly functioning business. And I think that's probably always one of the goals where, where, of where you want to get to. But if you're getting into your business and really working on it, it, it never stops. There's always something which needs improving, always. Yeah, and I think that's a really good message to hammer home, that constant improvement, and it's little by little. Mm. But then when you look back, you realise how far you've come. And I think sometimes... Oh. Everybody doesn't realise the progress that they can make um, because they don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis. But then you realise how far you come when you look back. You suddenly go, gosh, I was... Yeah, yeah. When, when, I, when I look forwards, all, all I see is what needs doing, which is, you know, it feels as much as ever. But like you say, when I look back, then, you know, I almost chuckle a little bit when I look back at certain points where I kind of thought I was I was nearly there and uh, actually just how far I still had to go so yeah yeah I don't, I don't think I, th I think waiting or, or having that mindset of of oh you know when I get there it will be great I think get rid of that I would <laughs> definitely say get rid of that because you'll never really get there it's just it just always is there to do yeah, I think any business, as soon as you stand still, that's when you start to winner, I think. Mm. Any business needs to continually improve. And any of those that just sort of stand still and don't develop, you, you mm. start to wither and, and die because the world changes. And, you know, gosh, we've had a lot of change this year, haven't we? But or the last year, you know, the last 18 months, the world has changed beyond recognition. So if you're not adaptable, if you're not 
on top of it and looking to seek and improve um you're not you're not going to get there um so that's i think i think as well i don't know what you're like mike but if i'm honest i i also do have ebbs and flows like there are times where i'm super pumped and i'm in the midst of that at the moment i'm really on it um and really driven and i really you know like I've got this energy about me that I really want to get stuck into what we're doing and, and, and improve the business, but it does wane as well. There are, there are, you know, there, there will be periods, I think, and it's only natural where, you know, not, not, not to say that you have time off, but there are times where you're, you are just going a bit through the motions and you're not, you're not as pumped. You can't be at it 110% all the time. And, uh, you know, and I think being okay with that is also, important i think yeah you can't you can't you're absolutely right you can't live life at full throttle at 110 percent. otherwise you'll burn out there's no way that you can do that so it's just understanding i guess your rhythms which is quite an interesting concept but there's certainly rhythms in property investing as well in terms of deals you know you can do a good deal mm. and then you know come along and you do you do not such a good deal so what kind of deal do you remember for the things that have gone wrong and what were they and what what have been the lessons out of them because I think everyone well, looks at people and says, oh, you know, it's all right for them. It's, you know, deals are okay. Um, but mm. everyone has the, has the bad deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a fair few stinkers. But um, I think you, you mentioned the rent-to-rents. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the rent-to-rents that we did. There's, 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 I think there's seven of them in total. And, you know, they're fine. They're, they're okay. They, they, they make a bit of money and and blah 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 but if i had my time again i, I wouldn't do that and, I th and and the reason is and that's why i bring it up is because the reason i did the rent to rents was i i'd met someone who uh you know for a friend and they're, they'd scaled you know i think they had something like a hundred rent to rents and they were cash flowing big and they were doing really well with it and I, you know, it was that kind of shiny penny syndrome. It was like, oh God, like these guys are smashing it. Like I need to, you know, I was already starting to invest in HMOs and, and you know, it was, I, I wasn't, you know, strapped for cash or, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have enough capital to, to keep expanding that. It was just, I saw these guys who were doing really well with, with rent to rents. And I thought, well, you know, they're doing great. I should do that. You know, so I embarked on a journey of, of trying to build up a, a rent to rent portfolio. And actually, I, and what I'm saying is I, I got into it for the wrong reasons. It was, I didn't need to do it. I was doing it because I'd seen someone else doing well with it. And in the end, it became a distraction away from what I should really have been focusing on, which was building my, um, you know, own, you know, the HMOs, which I own. Um, so I won't give you one deal in, in, in particular, but I'll give you that as a strategy, which I chose to pursue as something I would do differently for sure. Um, and that's something that I've really looked at myself, you know, more recently on is like knuckling down and really focusing now on getting very, very competent at one particular thing before doing anything else. And I think that's, I think that's my biggest message to, you know, to myself more than anyone else is, is yeah, just focus on something until you're really good at it. Mm, mm. And I think people are quick to move on, aren't they? I think people can be like, yeah, I just want to do something new. Or I think that exact thing that you said, you see someone else killing it somewhere else and you want a piece of that action. 
mm. I mean, they can do it. Why can't I do it? And it's, it's almost, I don't know whether it's an ego thing, whether it's a comparison thing, whatever it is. I, I have that in me, inside me sometimes. You know, I see someone else. Should I be doing that? You start to doubt yourself. But as you mm. say, you need to focus. You need to stick to what your strategy is and you'll get through that kind of, you know, we all have periods, as you say, you focus and you push and then the results come and you get through that kind of like barrier and, and then the results just before we move on yeah I, I think as well the important thing with things like that for me is then to learn the lesson like I still feel still feel those feelings from time to time you know I might see someone or or you know another business do doing something and I get that feeling that same feeling but because I've learned that lesson I identify it and I'm like no no, no that's you know we know where that 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 following that feeling goes. So slow down and let's go. Let's just concentrate on what we do and let's not get distracted. And you know, I think it's okay to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I make loads of mistakes, but it's then learning, you know, learning the lesson from that and, and making sure you live with it and you implement it. And I, I feel that still. You know, I still see that, but hopefully I've learned that lesson and I check myself before before going down that road yeah I think a mistake a mistake is only a mistake if you make it twice mm. because you haven't learned from it the first time and the, the first time is a learning and you know everyone's going to make mistakes along the way no one's going to be perfect um you know everybody day to day makes mistakes some are big some are small but it's how you recover from those mistakes what you learn from those mistakes uh, and how you continue to drive your business forward and change change that behavior going forwards. Yeah. So a great, great observation there, I think, Tom. Mm. So that deal, that deal that you've got in your mind that didn't quite go so well, What tell us a little bit more about that. What, the, the rent-to-rents? Not the rent-to-rent. You said there was a, did you say you had a, an actual investment deal that didn't go quite so well, or was it, was it just... No, I, I was... I, when when you said about in in the first instance, I, I was I was talking about the decision to go into the rent to rent mm -hmm. as a as a blanket. There, there's, you know, there was there was some rent to rents that we didn't appraise very well. Um, you know, so we kind of over egged on what we thought we could get on room prices and ended up having to, you know, give give houses back, things things like that. Um, investing off patch was definitely something that was, you know. Because obviously rents rents a lot more hands on, you know. We're in, we we took a couple on in the beginning in West London, and we're more kind of southeast, and that ended up not working just just geographically, logistically. It was just too challenging. Um, so there's lots of things like that, but yeah, I, I think yeah, I, I think there's 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 lots of reasons um, why deals won't work. Um, but I think the over, you know, if there was one uniform thing in, in the rents, rents, it was kind of, yeah, taking them on in the first place and not concentrating yeah, yeah. on what I should have been. Yeah, doing. and it's an interesting observation about yourself as to why that might have happened. So that's that's good learning for the future. Yeah. Um, so um, turning on, and you know, over now that you've got, you know, you've got a number of years of property investment experience. Um, what you what would you say to other property investors as one of your key learning points? We've touched on some great learning points so far, but if there's another one that you've actually got um, for a property investor, uh, what would that be? Yeah, it would um, focus. Just focus, focus, focus on one thing. Don't don't try and do too many things. I I've been at 
you know, property meetings and stuff. And I've heard about people talking about 70, 20, 10, stuff like that. For me, just 100, 100, 100 all the way. Just just really focus on one thing. Don't, don't do anything else. Just learn how to do that one thing and learn how to do it well. Perhaps after three or four years and you've really matured what you're doing and, and you are sick to death of doing it well, perhaps then look to bring something else in. But until you are absolutely 100% competent, don't even entertain doing anything else. If I could go back in time and give myself one bit of advice, that would be it, 100%. Yeah. The other, actually, the, the, the other thing I would say, and I saw a chat quite a, quite a few years ago. It was with, uh, do you know the investor Bruce Ritchie? Quite, quite a big national guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Isn't he Bruce? Is he is he not um Rich Richer Sounds as well? And he does property. Oh, I don't know. Is that is that him? I have a I have a feeling that's him. Yeah. I have right. a because he's he built that business and then from there built property. The high the hi-fi thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I believe he, I believe so. You know, uh, a lot of people have a business and then they take that money out of the business and invest in property. And I believe he's become quite a big property guy if I by doing that that's that's my understanding. right interesting no i i saw him talk about it was um it was a thing it was matt Sidell was doing some sort of like property meeting and he was talking at it and his number one tip was if if you haven't got if you haven't got deep pockets then find someone with deep pockets to work with and and i think that's the, the longer I go through property, the more and more that that is apparent as how important that is. And and I think, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of in, in property selling education and stuff, talking about no money down and da, 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 da. But really, I think, you know, if you want to scale and you want to do it well, become competent and then find someone with deep pockets. I think that's you know don't kid yourself it, it makes it so much easier and you'll be able to make them money and make you money if you're good if you're good i think that's that's yeah become competent and find someone with deep pockets i think yeah again that competence is is great and and you know if you get good deals if you become competent at finding good deals money for money will follow that yeah um because yeah. that's the hard the hard thing is the deal side the money side will come. It's not so hard. I know when. And and if you get a reputation for making people money and not losing them money, it it travels fast. It really like. And, and by the way, if you lose people money, that travels even faster. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so it goes through that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's a great great lesson. Um, and I, and I do think, you know, there are these courses around and they talk all these, you know, no money down, start with nothing. And, you know, some mm. people manage to, which is brilliant. You know, It's just longer and harder. It, it just takes longer and, and it's much harder. Um, but build your competency. I think I think that, that um, piece of advice, build your competency because money will follow. And I guess that's maybe some of the messages in there. But, but it is also a bit more of a slower game than everyone says. And I think if you try and race mm. miles an hour, Mm. I think you know you will you will do things wrong and you will repeat those mistakes and maybe you'll take on deals you shouldn't and I think interesting one of our last conversations was all about not no need to rush I think mm. the last conversation we were having wasn't it because in the in the past we set some goals 
you, you were out to achieve those goals, which was fantastic. And you pretty much achieved those goals in terms of taking on the number of rooms that you're after. Mm. But then now that you're in a very comfortable position and you've taken your business forward, it's like, well, I want to be adding really good deals to the, to the portfolio. So if there isn't a good deal, I'm not going to be like, oh, I must have this deal because I need to be, you know, I need to be continuing to fill my hopper. I need to be in a project. I need to be in this. It's like, actually, I've still got loads of things to do to improve my systems, to improve, you know, that micromanagement of the whole whole business. You know, there's plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Yeah. Um, it's just the sexy things of the deals. So I think, I think that's another another lesson, you know, slow down to speed up sometimes. Uh, yeah, there was there was a there was a quote from uh, Jocko Willink, the Navy SEAL guy who does a lot of podcasts, and it was um, "slow is smooth and smooth is fast." And I think that kind of sums sums up what we're saying here. Is I think sometimes I, I also think as well with that slowing things down and and it it puts you much more in a position of power if you're going out trying to find deals uh, and trying to add new you know trying to grow like the person in any negotiation who's willing to walk away first is the one who holds all the aces. And I think that's, you know, as soon as you're not going cap in hand, trying to find deals, it's funny how all of a sudden your negotiating position improves as well. Yeah. Great observation there about negotiation. I think, I think that's spot on, isn't it? If you're prepared to walk away, because, you know, I see so many people, you know, they come with me and they've got this deal. I need to make it work. And it's like, that yeah. isn't a deal, but I'm sure it's a deal. And it's like, that isn't a deal. I said, the mm. issue is, is the only deal that you're actually looking at. So you're desperate to make it a deal. Yeah, I've definitely done that. I've definitely. As opposed to have things that are coming, you know, the conveyor belt. And then automatically you have to choose the best deal because you've got the conveyor belt coming along of lots of opportunities that come along um, the way. But if there's nothing in the markets, you know, I've had a few conversations with investors over the last month, you know, a few months because of this artificial bubble that I believe is here in the property market. Mm. Like, um, you know, shouldn't we uh you know don't worry about sitting on your hands for a few months um because you know you you want to get the timing right um also so as well if, if you end up just focusing on that one deal trying to make that work you know you know let's use the example you know they, they bring a deal which isn't that great to someone like yourself and they're talking to you about that deal that really they should have put in the bin a while ago yes well, that's, that's at the expense of asking you about how to find the next good deal yeah you know, that's so true you miss out on all of that opportunity to find the next deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great, great point there. Great point. So what, um, you know, you're, you're, you, you actually run, you know, you're one of the few people that, you know, come along and actually what I would say run a business, you know, you've got, you've got people involved, you've got systems involved. Um, mm. So what tip as a business owner with your business hat on rather than just your property investor hat on, would you say, uh, would you give to people in business or property business people? Yeah, 100% have a vision. Have, have a vision for what you want to create and, and live and breathe that vision. And I think um, having a vision, it, <laughs> when you're in the day-to-day -day of, you know, investing or running a business or whatever it is, spending some time to sit down and, and get clarity on something like that can seem a bit like a waste of time. And actually, one, it's actually quite an enjoyable thing to do. But beyond that, it informs so many decisions on the day to day that 
will become much easier and everyone will be able to to kind of plug into that it will save you so much time and effort um it's it's you know it's pretty irrefutable the the importance of doing it um so that 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 you know as a tip spend some time and uh, do a vision and uh, you know think about that and embody that and then share that with everyone that you work with because that's they can then buy in they can get excited to because i think we all have a bit of a vision for what we want to create in our heads you know everyone kind of does but by forcing it out by sitting there and you know ruminating on it and talking it through with people it forces you to become clearer on it and you know if there's things which don't add up you'll get challenged on it so it will improve but then also as well once you take it to to the people you work with you know if you've shared if you've if you've worked on it with them they'll be bought in because they've been a part of the creation of it but then if they've not and you share it to them they'll get excited by what you're by, by what you're dreaming about creating in the future so they'll they'll be more energized and as well when they're making decisions they'll be more empowered to make them um so i think that that for me is ha having a vision of, of what you're trying to create is is the number one thing in any business that you know pr property yeah but you know if you're if, you, if you're trying to create the best hotel in the world well you have to start with the idea and get it out yeah, and I think that's particularly important if you're trying to scale, if you have employees, if you, you know, mm. have lots of people working for you, even if you don't, you know, anybody coming on board who touches, comes in, in touch with your business, if they know and understand your vision, they can see what you're doing. And Yeah, um, if, you, if, you were, if you were going to a, a letting agent or, you know, like an estate agent that you're looking to work with to find deals, if you can explain to them and you know a paragraph or two exactly what your vision for the business is you know they, they they will then get the type of deals which you're looking for so you know think things like that if you if you're only a one-man band but you've got a good vision and you can share it effectively you can share it with the you know the other stakeholders in in the business that you work with absolutely yeah yeah and it, and it provides that clarity doesn't it i think it provides that clarity it always draws you back to where you're heading and you don't suddenly wake up one day having built another business that isn't actually the business that you want, yeah. um, which I think can happen sometimes uh, because you're not quite sure that long vision of, of where you're heading. Which which brings me on to um, my next question, actually, uh, which is where where does where will Tom be in about ten years' time? What's 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 the big vision for Tom himself? Um, uh -huh. and, and the Always a hard oh. one. And I'm, yeah, always yeah, everybody, yeah. I'm going to listen back to my podcast in 10 years time and give everyone a call and say, do you know, you said you were going to be doing this. Look at where well, you are now. Well, well, I'll start with uh, with the three year vision because I've just spent some time doing yeah. revising hours um, a couple of weeks ago. So in in two or three years time, probably more like three, um, I want to be in a position where I can walk. Not when I say walk away from my business, I mean, physically be in another location um, from my business for up to six months at a time and maybe just have one Zoom or two Zooms a week and check in. Um, so so I, I think I think the uh, property term is financially free. Um, well, I guess I'm financially free now, but in a position where I'd want to want to walk away and do something else. And what me and my girlfriend have spoken about doing is is moving to Costa Rica in Central America. 
and spending some time surfing on the beach, uh, doing that kind of thing. So that's that's the aim for, for three years time. 10 years time, I guess, probably doing the same thing. Um, kids, um, family, um, and anything else that I'm enjoying at that moment in time. Yeah, because I, I think a business, isn't it? A business or any business is a business that works without you. Otherwise, that's got, the goal. That's the otherwise goal. you've got a profitable job in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, and what you know, any you know, ultimately in business, and this is not just property. Um, at least in property, you're building assets, and assets you can sell, and you've got something at the end of it. But if you've if you've got a business that isn't building assets, then the only thing that you've got is the business. And if you want to sell, you know, and if you're the, the focal point of the business, and uh, you know, the drive behind the business is not a lot. There's much less to sell because then you might have a whole load of customers. And you're effectively selling the customers and you're not, you haven't got anything to sell. So I think every business owner should be looking at how do they set up a business that works without them. Um, I, I think there's definitely certain businesses which lend themselves more to that and, and less. Like I think yeah. property is probably easier than, than, it is. than some other industries, which is one of the reasons I chose to start investing in property. And I think it attracts a lot of people to property, that vision, that kind of, of I don't necessarily have to work in this and I have the choice. And I say, isn't it great? It's not to say that most people don't want to then continue to do the work and that challenge because they relish the challenge, but it's that you can then focus on the things that you want to, number one, and number two, you have the choice. And a lot of people get into it to make sure that they have the right choice in life to do the things that they want to do which for a lot of us will be actually also being fully involved in the business for quite a while. But as you say, you get to do some exciting things that potentially go and live in Costa Rica. That's, that's amazing. Um, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, really exciting stuff. So, you know, you are, you are in a way living proof of someone who is really aiming for that vision, really aiming for what you want and making it happen. And the conversations that we've certainly had, you know, certainly the last one was all about that. You know, how do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I improve my business? How do I make sure? And you were all about your operating systems and tweaking mm. your operating systems. And that wasn't the Tom that I first met. Um, no. <laughs> the Tom that I first met was like, do I really? No, we're, we're all right. We're kind of chugging along. We're all right. <laughs> and I was talking about, and I think it was a bit too early to start talking about, it was the thought of having to put all these operation systems, but you assume quite quickly, you know, because it was like, yeah, we need to put these finance, you know, we implemented the financial elements of the zero and they, these kind of things and, and now the clarity you have around all of that and you know when we talk it's like yeah this is the monthly update this is this this is that um so it's brilliant to see how, how you I, th I think you kind of have to wear like two hats as well when when investing in property or, or you know let, let's be more specific when investing in hmos because there's you know, you, you can get really obsessed with like creating the best deal and, you know, getting all your money out and recycling as much cash and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that is, you know, that is a responsibility to the business that you do have. You have to deliver good, you know, good deals. Otherwise, you're going to run out of money. But at the same time, you also have a responsibility to the business side of it, because if you can recycle all of your cash out, but then your rooms stink and no one wants to live there and then you've got voids all the time. Well, yeah, just because you've recycled all your cash out and you can go on to the next deal, you know, if you do that three, four times, you know, eventually you're going to have, you know, you're not going to have a profitable business or, or you might even 
have a business which is losing money. So I think you have to wear two hats. You have to, you know, get the right deals in, but you also have to deliver something to the business which is e easy to manage. Um, so I think you have to you have to wear both hats at the same time. I think that's an, that's yes, definitely. And I go and I think also as a you go through life stages as an investor. I think because, you know, early doors, it is so important to, you know, recycle your money because you might not have loads of money. So it's like, I've got to recycle, I've got to recycle up mm. to an end. And then, of course, you're building your cash flow and then you have the cash flow coming through. So the money recycling becomes, you know, you, you kind of got to that critical point of like, yeah, I'm actually making reasonable money out of the rental income as well as now having to recycle cash. I've got that money coming in and, and you know, you then start to go, well, I, I want great deals i want deals that are in the right location the rent i call it the rentability mm -hmm. say that are going to have no problems over voids your focus changes slightly doesn't it which is what i think you're alluding to which is you know i think as well you know once you've had a couple of you know properties or rooms where people you know just don't take them and they're just forever a bit of a pain in the backside you know like experience you just like I just don't want to deal with that too many more times you know you just get a bit sick of it and then you know and, and then bit by bit you do as you know you realize the importance of that rentability and that is you know if, if your goal is to move to Costa Rica in a few years well you can't have a load of properties with 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 rooms that don't let you know you need them you need as soon as they hit the market the the agent or, or whoever's doing the lettings to be able to rent them you don't want to be having to fly home on a 12-hour flight to go to, to sort crises out. So, yeah, I, th I think that's, yeah, rentability, I think, is huge. Yeah, and, and that that's just sparks another um, thing that I thought would be really interesting to share because mm -hmm. um, is through from our last conversation that we had um, where you were saying, actually, you know, because the standard of your rooms are so good, is really, really good. You know, you mm. use some fantastic HMOs, you know, most of them are on suites, some big rooms, some wonderful properties, actually, that you bought over time. Mm. Um, but one of the things that you said that has been your strategy more recently is actually, and especially, you know, people are saying, oh, well, will the high-end HMOs be dead? Because, you know, people can't afford it. You've got the virus, you've got the economic, you know, what's going on in the economy? But actually, your strategy has been is maybe the person who would have moved into a flat who, you know, had to pay the flat and all the bills mm -hmm. coming into one of your premium rooms. So actually, you know, you're probably giving a bit of flexibility and it's certainly more affordable, but the quality is so good that they're thinking, yeah, that I can I could go to this flat or I could have a really quality room en suite, live with other people. So I'm not isolated. So you're target has been to target those the flat market as opposed to you know actual people looking for rooms which i thought was a really you know great great target but it also shows what you can do with a good quality hmo and that's been going quite well for you hasn't it yeah i, th I think the word we were using in the call was uh, down selling which makes it sound uh, more negative than it is i think i think that's it i think you know as as people you know, good, good, hardworking people, um, you know, and let, let's not mince our words. It, it's difficult out there at the moment. And, you know, people are suffering and things are hard. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that if we can supply someone who's maybe, you know, 
more strapped for cash than they're used to. Yeah. Um, an adequate place which makes them you know, com comfortable and happy. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Hello. My, 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 I've got a party. I think I'm going to have to put her on my lap. But uh, my new acquisition has been annoying me Dash all, on. All, <laughs> all podcasts. Um, just to, just as I was trying to get a bit deep about helping people out in in, in a moment of need and, the, and <laughs> get really interrupted by the puppy. Involves, yeah, she's been she's obviously just woken up at this time and she's been running ragged round there. <laughs> you've been seeing me leaning all over the place. It's been me trying to keep her quiet for the benefit of the podcast. She's going to have to join in the podcast, I think, at the moment. Good for her. Um, no, but yeah, I, I think yeah, if we can offer people. Um, you know someone who's maybe struggling more than they're used to um a more than adequate place to live you know if they're going to downsize from maybe a, a one-bed flat or a studio and find that our bedrooms actually give them some kind of sense of community and take some of the financial pressure off then you know that helped me sleep a lot better at night and i think that's that's definitely something i'd really like to 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 push and do more of for sure yeah, there's, what I'm finding is those with the, as you say, that underlying, actually, I want to, it's not just about the HMO, it's not just about the PL, mm. tend to end up with better businesses mm. um, because there's a slightly deeper purpose behind it all. And it's not about, you know, milking every penny, to, you know, not spending, it's not cutting corners, as it's actually to provide that lifestyle that people are happy to live in. And, and as you say, the, for me, community living is is the word at the moment, and creating those communities. And I think yeah, I, I think as well, it, it's um, it's doing what you do with a bit of love. You know, it's having it's having that passion, it's having that positive energy about what you do. You know, you know, loving the tenants who who move into your house, loving the houses you build. You know, it, it, it's loving that process. And I think, you know, one that makes the whole thing a lot more enjoyable, but. I think in the long term that kind of shows um and i think i i believe that in the end it it, it pays in profits as well absolutely and i think that's the disconnect for some people i think sometimes mm. i think you're you've made the connection we go well i wouldn't do i would not not do it you know i want to do it but also i would not not want to do it because i'm going to make less money so um, whereas other people see it as a, a line on the PL and go, oh, that's, you know, why am I doing this? I could probably cut costs here and, cut, and completely miss the point behind it all um, mm. and then end up with a product that they're trying to compete with everybody else and wonder why it's so hard out there. Um, so it's quite interesting. So we, we, we're coming to near the end of the podcast now. And I always ask my guests what has helped them along the journey and whether there was a particular book or podcast or something you know maybe a piece of education that's made a significant impact on you and what what was it and you know if you could share that that would be fantastic well obviously the mike frisbee mentoring was uh, <laughs> <invaluable>. <laughs> um no I, th I think if I, but i am serious that that was good but um if i was going to do do a book or or something like that um i was thinking i i was thinking about this before before the podcast and um I think tying in with what I was saying about vision and stuff like that, the uh, the book which I'd recommend is um, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. I think that um, for me, 
you know i've read i've done loads and loads of audio books so you, there was a point i think i had a few years where i was doing maybe 50 audio books a year or something like that mm. and i've slowed right down now um just because some of it starts to get a bit samey yeah but um that but looking back there, there's there's a few which really you know jolt jolt your kind of perspective um you know, there, there's a few others, but I think in terms of business and understanding how to look at things um, in, in the way that we've been speaking about today, especially vision and stuff like that, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, I think that was um, that, that really good read. And I think, I think very poignant in terms of understanding, you know, the getting beyond the deal getting beyond that what is the business you're trying to create i think that's uh, that's a great great book for me for sure fantastic fantastic well there, there were, just just before we move on or, or go there, there there was another one which i i've never heard many people talk about but i think it's really good was um it's called titan and it's the uh, biography of john d rockefeller and anyone who's interested in the success, anyone who's interested in like exponential growth and just, you know, that guy was doing it back in the mid 1800s. Just mm -hmm. an incredible, incredible story. I mean, you know, son of a snake oil salesman, you know, started from zero and became the wealthiest man in history. It's just, just a almost biblical book. It's just amazing. That's, that's, that's good. I think I will look that one up. That's, uh... yeah one yeah. for me to add to the to the reading list um but yeah there's some there's some really good stuff out there uh as I, I agree with you if you consume a lot then it starts to be quite difficult to find that nugget in some of them which yeah. is why i've i've kind of switched a bit more to podcasts more recently than my audible and listening to a lot of podcasts and there's quite a few podcasts out there that i'm really enjoying at the moment Mm. Um, and just listening, you know, like this. Hence, why I enjoy my podcast. You what know. what what podcast do you do you like, Mike? What are you oh, listening cool. to? There's there's a lot of them out there. Um, one I particularly like is High Performance Podcast. Oh, the um, uh, Jake, whatever his name is. Yeah, is it Humphrey? Some, some yeah, 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 yeah. them, and they they've had some sports. You know, they're, they're all different types of people, but it's about what drives high performance, and we yeah. touched on it a little bit today. Um, but I'm really into sort of the high performance thing at, at the moment and like what's driving people. Yeah, um, there's yeah other... I, I know that one. I quite like that. I've done that a few of them as well. Um, yeah, and then there's other, I'm trying to think what other podcast. I mean, I listen to some sport podcasts. I listen to, you know, so fun ones as well. Um, but I also listen to um, other business ones. Um, any, any politics? Any... Uh... Not a lot of politics. I said I steer, steer away from that at the moment. Stay <laughs> clear. The, the 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 one thing is which you were saying focus. There is a podcast because there's a book called The One Thing, and that, yeah. that resonated with me. And there's a podcast called The One Thing as well. And I've I've listened to a couple of episodes there. Is it is it is it the guy who wrote The One Thing? Yeah, I think it's from him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, Tim Ferriss has had one for a long time. So listen to that a little bit and just, yeah, just yeah. all sorts of different things. Mind Valley. Um, uh, I've come across a guy I quite like at the moment who I'm trying to get onto the podcast, a guy called James Sinclair. It's called The Business Broadcast. And he, okay. he coaches people on his business and he's very much an entrepreneur. Um, and uh, that, that's, I'm quite enjoying that because he's full of energy and very practical experience and not one of these highfalutin 
sort of he's a business owner and runs it and is doing it and therefore yeah. can talk as opposed to a lot of these people who are you know just purely in the self-development space which yeah. i think is great because they often have a lot to say but they're not doing it day to day and i like the ones that are kind of like they're doing it day to day and teaching it you know yeah, yeah. real life nitty-gritty experience that they're exposing yeah i i don't i don't like when um you know anyone who's teaching or whatever when it feels more like their job is teaching than doing what they're teaching do you know what i mean yes yes that's exactly it and i think a lot some of them are a bit more of like points of view and opinion and, and it's quite old now you know their business is almost selling education and that is their business which is a business in itself don't get me wrong and it's challenging to build a business like that so i have admiration for that but it's not the day-to-day -day. oh my god you know and yes a lot of them have had to pivot from maybe running big events now to online and stuff but you know this is the day-to-day -day nitty of hiring people but you know yeah you know um uh, what, what's and all what's and all yeah and he's quite open with some of the stuff that's going on in his business and um so it's 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 interesting um, you know that, that's something i don't like as well is when you know, like when someone's telling you about their property journey, it's just like, oh, this was a great deal. This was a great deal. This was a great deal. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, mate, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything went so smooth. You know, like, whoa. You know, I, I like when people are, um, you know, because everyone struggles, you know. I, I, I find you can connect better with people who, who are open. Yeah, you resonate around the, the struggles that have been going. Yeah, yeah. De definitely. And, and I find also when I see someone talking about an amazing deal, it, when they went into it, it probably wasn't amazing, but they might have spotted an opportunity through it that turned it into amazing. Yeah. Um, the, you well, know. You, yeah, you know, the pub, which I mentioned, my my best deal, that yeah. was an eight bed at the start, and it was, you know, stacked pretty well. And then we basically got into it and we worked out that we could get a ninth, and that was when it took it to, to being a really great deal. So that, that, that justifies what I say. It's often yeah. it if you modify it, change it, or see a slightly extra X, and then you stand up and say, look, I've done this deal. And everyone goes, oh, wow, I just can't find deals like that. Yeah, That's because they're not in it. You have to be in it to win it. And sometimes deals turn out better and sometimes deals turn out worse than they planned, but you need yeah. to be doing them. Um, you know, I'm not saying take on a dark, dark, dark at all, but no. <laughs> most, you know, what you hear on the circuit sometimes of people presenting their deals, quite often that is a deal that's turned into better than they anticipated. Mm. For whatever reason, as you said, you found an extra room. Maybe yeah. they've got, an, you know, I see some developments and it's like, yeah, then they, you know, they, they did the development on the building itself, but they it, they was like a bit of a Brucey bonus if they managed to build a another floor on top, for example, an office, you know, an office to resi that kind of made a bit of money, but the real money came when they put the, the actual floor on top and, and, and also as well sometimes you just get lucky through planning like i don't know the, sometimes the planner is just in a good mood when he looks at your project or whatever and you know you just get you know you kind of think oh I'll just chance my arm and you get a bit more than you're expecting i think that's yeah yeah absolutely before so, we go last question from me mike who would be your ultimate podcast guest who, who would you love to have if you could have anyone what would be your Oh, my ultimate podcast guest. That that's a, that's a that's a great one. Um, I guess because it's a property business accelerator, someone who's done uh, property the property and business. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe 
Donald Trump because he runs a property wow. and a really controversial, Con controversial, controversial. I don't know whether you'd answer any of my questions. That would be the problem. And when we talk about connecting on on um, mistakes that are made, yeah, you'd probably struggle with that one, wouldn't he? <laughs> but he'd be certainly an interesting character to um, uh, uh, have. Um, you know, and he does have, you know, he certainly has complete 100% faith in himself and, and doesn't mm. listen to other people. He just doesn't, he's one of the few people that's unmovable in that in some way. He appears to be unmovable in that. Just complete and utter faith in him. Mm. And, um, you know, that which which has its positives and negatives. Um, so obviously drives his business forward and obviously drove him to become president. But then, you know, he didn't have the skills to be able to listen that maybe he would have taken a few other pieces of advice and not got himself into such uh, problems at times. And maybe probably was the reason he then only served one term instead of multiple terms. So uh, it seems, seems to lack a bit of empathy. Sometimes. Yeah. Another one is, I guess, probably the UK equivalent, but not quite the same in the same way. But what I mean is that he's gone on and done The Apprentice is Alan Sugar. We quite like yeah. to see Alan Sugar because he shifted his business from being technology, hard and craft, and the years of that. But he's very much now in the property business as well. Yeah. And I think he's got some excellent business lessons, learned some really big things along the way. He's been up and down. Anybody who's been up and down, you know, made it, lost it, made it, yeah. you know, yeah. um, always interesting to hear um, that kind of stuff. So um, I think. And quite charismatic as well, isn't he, Alan? Sugar? Yeah, he is. He is. And I, and I think he's quite, you know, he talks sense. He doesn't talk rubbish. He talks sense, you know, mm. that again, from doing it, not necessarily from, you know, observing others or being that consultant or being, you know, so yeah. um, from doing it as well. So, so that's, that's, um, I would say there, there you go. There's a couple of guests yeah, yeah. Um, that would be very interesting. To have. Well, a, a, anyone who's listening, who's got any connections to either Donald Trump or Alan Sugar, send them my Absolutely. <laughs> Connect with me. Yeah. Send an email to, to my uh, PA, PA at mikefrisbee.co.uk. So, so do, do come in and, uh, you know, just connect with us. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, to like and comment on these podcasts because that really helps our ratings. We're trying to get as reach as many people as possible and help as many people as possible along their property investing journey. It's been a fantastic yeah. discussion today with Tom. Really enjoyed our. our and I, I, I was just going to say, I'm on um, Instagram. My handle is Nightmare on Old Street. And if anyone wants to reach out and ever is in, you know, struggling with their journey or just wants to have a chat. Uh, that's where you can get me or, or uh, info at edgarandedgar.com. Um, just just drop me a line. I'd be more than happy to give you some of my time. So, uh, yeah, do connect with Tom. That's a fantastic offer. He's got a lot of experience now, many HMO rooms and uh, uh, quite a, not a substantial portfolio. And obviously he's really knuckled down and, and established his property business. So he will be offering some very sound advice. So, do connect with him. Um, and by the time you get round to listening to this, he could be in South America. Um, <laughs> quick. Uh, I hope so. so. That would be great. Um, and we'll see. So when you connect, ask him where he is in the world. Because when I first met him, he was certainly living, um, traveling around about the place and enjoying those adventures, which is what balance in life is all about. So he does live a balanced life, which is fantastic. So thank you, Tom. Do connect with him. It's been a great episode and really appreciated you spending the time with us today. And uh, hopefully people have picked up some good um, tips to help them along their journey. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. 
You've been listening to the Property Business Accelerator podcast with Mike Frisbee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and at our website, propertybusinessaccelerator.co.uk.